welcome back, Junior Senior Two Views is on episode 137. We're back together after being socially distant. Mm-hmm. Now let's start with the first question. Yep. When will the QB soap opera end for the Jets? Never. When? Never. Doesn't look like it's going to end. I mean, I guess there's been radio silence in the sports world. Um, and it's a situation where it appears that the Packers are like going to have the last laugh. They're going to stretch this thing out. Up until I'd say up until the draft, if not past the draft, they obviously want reportedly two first-round draft picks uh, in the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know the Jets. I don't know what this means. It just means there's a real finger pointed at Joe Douglas as a GM. I mean, really, if you you kind of already should know what you're gonna have to do in order to get Aaron Rodgers. You've practically bought some of his a couple, you know, one of his wide receivers well, over. I'm pretty sure it's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. Yeah. So, I mean, you've done that, but yeah. I don't know if it's due diligence or what. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was on your in your mind from day one. Just get it done already. It's ridiculous. I just feel like this whole Rodgers thing for the Jets doesn't make any sort of sense. It didn't make sense to me in the beginning, and yet it still doesn't make sense to me now. It doesn't fit their timeline. If you're Okay, if you're looking to go into contention, get, like, a somewhat... Younger quarterback than Rodgers. He gives you, what, two more years of elite play? Maybe. At best. And does it put you in Super Bowl contention? No. You're, you've still got holes on your team that you need to patch. Your linebacking core is not that great. So, I don't know. What did... Where did Zach... How, how much did Zach Wilson hurt y'all? Like, seriously. Well, enough to know that... Um, well, we know what happened with Zach Wilson. Bottom line was that press conference. I mean, that's it. If he owns it and says, you know what? I stunk up the joint. I was shit in that game against the Patriots. He probably still would have been the starter for the rest of the season. Instead, he turned into a five-year-old before our eyes. And the Jets realize they have, right now, not a good quarterback. But they're not prepared to give up on him yet. He's still, he's entering, what, year number three now? Yep. So that means he's got, what, two more years or maybe a year or two before his rookie contract's up? So then there's, there's opportunity. So I'm not, I suppose, you know, all the teams have already done their bidding. They already know who their quarterback's going to be or they're going to be a quarterback competition. Right now, the Jets don't have any quarterbacks because you have Zach Wilson and that's it. Mike White's gone to Miami. That's all your depth chart. So you need Aaron Rodgers now. And let me get, let's not get things twisted. The Jets will make the playoffs. By all accounts, they should make the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers is on the team. But we don't know that yet. So let's see. Let's move on. Yeah. Moving on. You got this one. Smarts, madness, and we've entered the Sweet 16. In fact, we've gone to the Elite Eight, but we'll start with the Sweet 16, yeah? Yep. There's some scores here. So UConn totally surprised the crap out of Arkansas. I mean, UConn's a machine. And it. They've done, I, I would like to believe, I'd like to believe that they have done a deal with the devil uh, to uh, completely destroy their football program, because their football program is a shambles. No, it's never been to, about football. Yeah. To, never, for that program. To, it's always been about basketball. To keep their basketball program at the top echelon, and that's what we're seeing. So the, They have yeah. destroyed everyone in their path. Oh, well, so the next game, which was really exciting. It was Michigan State against Kansas State, and that went to overtime, and Kansas yeah. State won 98-93. I mean, it was it was a pretty good game. I was back uh, and it forth. It was a very, very good game. Uh, it was just 
who could blink first. And Marquise Noel, man, twenty oh, yeah, points, nineteen a, assists. He broke that, the college record. That dude is something. Is could be something good. Yeah, he, and, he single-handedly raised his draft stock yes. in this tournament. Yeah, now we got Florida Atlantic beat Tennessee 62-55. Yep. We got Gonzaga that barely avoided UCLA yep. and won 79-76. We'll talk about them in a minute. We got Miami beating Houston. Houston was a number one seed, okay? This and they might, got bounced. This might be one of the most, uh, out of every single March Madness, this might be the craziest one. Every single number one seed is gone. That's it. Everyone. But that's 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 the nature of the game. You can't. It's 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 very it's very fickle. It's a very fickle world to be number one going in any situation in March Madness. Yeah. And um, Alabama, the other number one, bounced by San Diego State, seventy-one sixty-four. Yeah, that was that. Yeah? That was that was huge. Yeah. That was crazy. And then uh, Princeton, that time came up. They lost to Creighton, eighty-six yep. seventy-five. Creighton's a good team. And then we move forward now. Actually, lastly. Texas manhandled Xavier, so 83 well, I, I, I didn't really have that much faith in Xavier to begin with. Not even I mean, the coach. Coach is Sean Miller. Sean, from, Sean Miller. From he's Arizona? A good, he's a good coach, but he could be his defenses are often susceptible to collapsing. All right, so now we move to the lead eight, and we got a couple of results. So Florida Atlantic, yeah. right? They are the Cinderella's right now because yeah. they are the ninth seed in this tournament. They beat Kansas State. 79-76, and I think Kansas State probably ran out of puff because they went to overtime with Michigan State. Mm -hmm. That's a loss for them. UConn, and we got UConn. They blew the door off Gonzaga. Yeah. 82-54 is a destruction. I mean, let's be honest here. There are, wow. th there are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Gonzaga, and Gonzaga never getting <laughs> in the tourney. Good team, but year never every after. every year. The forty-six-year-old known as Drew Timmy does not get his fairy tale ending. No, I mean it feels well, like he, that, that remember, guy has he, done like how many undergrads at this point? Right. Well, he might just go for who knows. He might just go for another one. Who knows? So I mean, he might go as a fifth year. Who knows? Because he was supposed to go to the draft early, declare himself, yeah. but now he stayed back for this. Yeah. Once a bridesmaid, never a bride. That that be Gonzaga for you. Every single year. They managed to do this. Yes. Every single year. The fact that I had <coughs> I had <coughs> last year I foolishly had faith in them because no, of Chet. Foolish. And Chet. And, you know what happened to Chet. When that when that when that choke job happened, I'm like, okay, I'm never having faith in Gonzaga again. Yeah, you're and right. This year I'm like they get whatever. as far as they Gonzaga. can they get look, they get as far as they can get and then they don't get any further. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh this is one for you. How big is the hiring of Vic Patino for St. John's? Um, what is um? It's a big hiring, but what it says to me is that colleges do not care about any sort of track record or any sort of Carfax because the stuff surrounding Rick, Rick Patino is not great. It's not great whatsoever. But look, college athletics has never been uh, known to be ethically um, ethically responsible. Uh, for their programs, and the hiring showed it here. He's a damn good coach, one of the best college coaches ever. Uh, his ethics not great, but on the court, damn good coach. Well, I mean, I suppose he paid for that. You know, I mean, I mean, there was a price to pay, and you know, he didn't get tapped on. He didn't get light slap on the wrist. Um, it still is a big move for St. John's. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I think this this. Yeah. You know, it's all about the coach. And, it, and what happens with the coach? Players come to play. And transfer portal 
goes straight to St. John's. And this creates, this elevates their, their standard. This is a team that has struggled over the years to have good coaches. Most recently, they had Chris Mullen, you know, NBA Hall of Famer, former player at St. John's, oh, yeah, beloved. They did, they, they did that have tanked. He stunk up the joint. They did Some players left, just can't coach. He, he left Sacramento to be with them. Well, it didn't work out. So, I mean, this is this is a big move. Rick Pitino has won two national championships, mm-hmm. both with Kentucky and Louisville, respectively. He's also coached in the NBA, most notably with the Knicks and, Knicks and Celtics. He's had a very, very storied career, despite yes. the fact of the, yes, the issues with the with the NCAA. Look, he paid the price. He did, did he pay really? the price. Well, it's the, it's the NCAA we're talking about here. Look, he paid the price as far as the NCAA goes. Does it change anything? Well, not really. I mean, at the end of the day... He had to start back from being scratch. He went to Iona, had some good success there. I think that's behind him. I think you have to, you know, despite that fact, he's still a great, great college he's coach. Very this good, is a big move for St. John's. a damn good coach on the court. This is going to raise their credibility level yeah, big definitely. time. All right. Uh, will, jo- will Joel Embiid finally win the MVP award this time? Yes. Wow. I, I think this is, I think, I think, you, I think you just can't. I mean, look, Jokic is a great player, but I just, I can't. I don't see him getting it a third time, despite the fact that he's a great, great player. Look, Giannis is in the mix. It's a three-horse race. But I think if you look at the the consistency, and this would this would bring some level of satisfaction to the Sixers, who, let's face it, they tanked their way to Joel Embiid. They tanked their way to Ben Simmons. This is back in the days where you could literally tank your rosters yeah. and get as yeah. many balls you want. So this would... I well, think, it was weighted lottery odds. So of 20, course. 25%. But this would bring about a real... I mean, he brings it... I mean, you know, Joel Embiid's Joel Embiid. Has he won anything yet? No. This has been 40 years since Sixers hoisted up a, a trophy. So, it's been a long time. But I still think he is worthy of it. He brings it. He is... Without him, they'd be nowhere. I mean, I look at most valuable players as... Without him, would that team struggle? And I take... Jokic away from Denver thinking they would struggle. I take Giannis away from the Bucks saying they could struggle. But I take Joel Embiid away from the Sixers, they would absolutely struggle. I just see the weight of him being so much more important than that team. I'm going to politely disagree. Okay. Um, I do believe Joel Embiid has a legit shot at the award. And if the Sixers continue to play the way they've been playing in the last 15 games, I think he could steal it. But... I just think if you're looking at the entire season, the criteria for the MVP award, uh, I say screw voter fatigue. I think I think the Joker gets his third straight award. Really? I believe so. Honestly, really? uh, watching the Nuggets all year long, a healthy Nuggets team hmm. right now. Tell me about the playoffs and we'll talk then. Yeah, but the MVP award is not based on the playoffs. Of course not, there but it's based a, on the regular there is season. An MVP award specifically for the playoffs. Okay, this is why we I have know the Finals MVP award. Okay, thanks but for that. The but I just think the this Nuggets team looks really, really, really good. Hmm. Um, yes, they've been on a bit of a skid as mm-hmm. of late, uh, but that hasn't hurt Jokic at all, in my opinion. I think he's still been playing really good ball. Um, their depth needs a bit of work, but on Jokic, um, both him and Embiid are absolute well-rounded players that are really the epitome of the modern center. Joel Embiid is a three-level scorer that can bang you in the paint. He can spot up from three. He can do it all. 
But it, Jokic is a fantastic playmaker that can score at all three levels. Bang you in the post, he can do it all. all right. But I think Jokic has the edge just because of how long the Nuggets have been the first seed, uh, how hot they were last month. Yeah. And if they um, if they retain any sort of consistency heading into mid-April, I believe he will get his third trade MVP all right. come the second round of the playoffs. All right, we'll see. Uh, but, but, but next one for you. Is that for me to you? Me. Yeah, okay. Should Jalen Brown commit now to his future in Boston? Um, With the way they've been playing, I, I believe so. I believe so. I mean, I had doubts about Boston uh, this year uh, because of everything surrounding him leaving the team. And mm-hmm. I have noted in past years that that locker room can be very, very, very susceptible to uh, to anger issues and uh, shifting and changing depending on situation. They're not very malleable. Um, but they've done a fantastic job. Yep. And they've remained in the top echelon of a very stacked Eastern Conference this year. Okay. And and Jalen Brown has been a big part of that. He's of been fantastic. When, when Tatum hasn't been on, Jalen Brown has been on. Okay. So I'm going to say no. He doesn't have to do anything for his future in Boston. He can wait till the season ends. Because this is a team that sort of were flirting with the idea of Kevin Durant joining the team. And the idea of potentially him being traded. So I think if you're thinking about that and wondering about where Jalen Brown should sit, I think he should just wait till the season ends. And, and by test all, his market. And test the market. But at the end of the day, well, no I, one gave you a thought when it came to Kevin Durant potentially coming to Boston and you being part of a package. And so I think he's you know, been very cautious in his approach. And there's no need to right now. Right now, you're on a team that's well, doing not, very he's well. Not, he's, he's a smart dude. A very, very smart dude. He's not. He knows what's happening. Of course he and does. I, I don't think he's thinking, oh, well, why'd they try to include me in a package? Well, I, I don't... I, I think you're thinking... I, I, I believe as a player you're thinking that. Maybe, because, maybe uh, you know, players player. want to feel valued. Maybe as a player you're thinking that. But I believe that he knows that when he goes into July, he's going to get his money money's worth wherever it is. But I think he should strongly consider returning to Boston because of the nucleus they have in place, yeah. because of the... the relative youth of the team, and the depth they've stacked up. This yeah. is a oh. deep Celtics team. Of course. Probably the deepest I've seen it. In oh, well. A, in I mean, a while, they fixed up their point guard situation. I know, but if I'm if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm also thinking the same situation was last season, and everything was running pretty well, and then yet, we, you know, the idea of flirting with the potential of being traded to Brooklyn was out there. Now, whether or not they were going to pull the trigger, you don't know, but I would think, like I said, Jalen Brown doesn't have to do anything right now. The Celtics just have to win, you know, earn their position, whether or not they get the first seed. Uh, at this point, they're trying to get back look, to the finals. Look, look, I think Brad Stevens should be doing everything to try and get him back on the team. Really. Yeah, because we'll if happens. you're looking at a guy like Jalen Brown, he's Tatum's perfect compliment yep. from the two. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, that's me. Yep. Uh, will Paul George's absence affect the Clippers? Of course it will. I mean, you know, he's got knee issues now, and, you know, it's always, I mean, I. I think that Paul George being out should be Paul George's biggest concern because I kind of get the feeling that the fuse is going very slim on the Clippers being the team that could potentially go to the finals. I think that, you know, he is under pressure because 
They made the move to get him to L.A. Yeah, he didn't go to the Clippers. I mean, the Lakers, but he went to the Clippers. And I think there's some level of pressure to prove that it was worth the, it, this happening. And so for him not playing right now, I know there's not much left of the season. It's about the Clippers pulling themselves out from where they are because they're still not in a great place even after the Westbrook trade, which didn't do anything for them. I think it's all about whether or not, and, and this puts pressure on Kawhi because if you're load managing Kawhi and you don't have George there, you got nobody on the court who could lead the team. There's something about this Clippers team that's throwing me off, man. Something about this Clippers team is throwing me off. Something's got to give eventually. Either Kawhi has to stop load managing and actually get on the court and actually show why he is the franchise guy and why they mortgage their future uh, to get PG-13 to appease him mm. and uh, why they why they gave up SGA in the process or they have to completely overhaul their depth because something is going awry here. I am not liking how the Clippers are, con- are constructed right now. I'm really not. I'm really, 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 really not. I, something's going wrong. So if the season were to end today, right, the Clippers would end up playing the Suns. I don't like that matchup for them whatsoever. So, so, match, so this is a bad matchup for them. So, and I think that, you know, again, I think that Paul George is, again, it's on him to, to prove himself when he comes back that he, he can stay on the court because I think that I would say that management's getting losing patience because, you know. Of course they're losing patience. Yeah. Of course, if, if you're management, of course you're losing patience. If you're Jerry West, why wouldn't you be losing patience at this team? Yeah. You've given up how many assets for to to build this team up? Yeah. You've given up how many untold millions of dollars to make this team into a contender? And yeah. the best they've done is finally break their long ridden curse of making it past the second round? Yeah. No. You've gotta make it to the finals and win the thing. That's oh. why you got Kawhi. That's okay. why you traded for Paul George. Yep. Something is going wrong and you gotta fix it. Whether it's the depth, whether it's um telling Kawhi, get off your ass and play. Hmm. Stop uh, we understand that you want to love manage, but we need you. Yep. You are the franchise. You yep. are our guy. We didn't pay you for nothing. Please play. Okay. Moving on. Yep. That's uh, you. Can Dylan Brooks find an off switch for his behaviors when the playoffs start? I don't know what it what it is with this dude. I don't know if he's got a chip on his shoulder or what, but my God, this dude is light-skinned Pat Bev without any sort of uh, the amazing defensive abilities that Pat Bev has. Like, seriously, this all this dude does is needle, 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 needle. And look, you got to play a role in in the NBA. And I give props to Dylan Brooks for playing his role uh, as being that sort of uh, annoying little fly for teams to have, to have to deal with. And he's getting teams off their game. He's getting people uh, off their game and he's annoying them. Mm. Especially Clay Thompson. So, but um, if he controls the rather aggressive side of that, look, it, it's the fact that he's um, annoying other teams isn't my pejorative, right? You can do that. You're playing your role. That's fine. What I take issue with is the fact that he's being he has done aggressive plays in in the heat of the moment. He's been aggressive when he's fouling, yeah. um, and I just don't like it. There seems to be an edge to it that's a, dare I say a little bit dirty. Um, yeah, I, he's. I think he's. I suppose he's. Every team has it. 
I guess if you look back to the you know the the, the early '90s and then when I'm my age, when I was younger, watching the, like the Pistons and Dennis Rodman and the role he played, you know he did one thing good: rebounding a lot and running up and down the court and high fiving and sprinting and, and keeping energy up. But you know, I don't. I I think Dylan Brooks is trying to emulate in a lot of ways Draymond. Because Draymond can get in people's ears. The only difference is Draymond has rings on his finger and Bill, Dylan Brooks doesn't. I don't I don't I think the problem with this this Memphis team is they don't have a veteran presence that could help Dylan Brooks take it down a notch. So that doesn't help when you don't have a veteran presence out there that can say, Hey young young guy, let's calm down. There's a time and a place. Yeah. So I don't know if he's gonna be able to find it. I think this is not the same Memphis team that you know went to the finals against Golden State. I don't think they're going to get as far. I, I think you know Jaws' return, amongst other things, are going to be a, a very awkward time. I don't know. He wants to be Dylan the villain. You know, let him do it. But I don't yeah. think he's going to be able to turn it off. All right. Surprise! At this point, there are no offers for Lamar Jackson. No, I'm not. I'm not either. I told you that this was collusion. I done told y'all that this was collusion. And what now? He is not getting a single offer. This was collusion. Straight up collusion. You're telling me that six NFL franchises collectively said, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, bother trading for this dude. And yeah, I get that he has his limitations, but that's not collusion? Really? Go ahead. <laughs> You're done with this collusion. No collusion, no quid pro quo. So I disagree. I kind of think that teams were a bit taken aback. So you kept on hearing about you know, the Colts, right? The Colts were sort of, it was rumors about the Colts. But then the Colts, what did they do? What did they do? They, they ended up grabbing up Gardner Minshew. So he'll be a bridge, right? So they're still going to draft a quarterback, right? But he'll be a bridge. Uh, the Commanders, you thought, the Commanders, it seems to make, make sense. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks, right? Mm-hmm. Will Schneider sell the team? Probably, maybe not. Who knows? But what did they do? They went ahead and got Jacoby Brissett, and now they're going to be—it's going to be him and Sam Howell fighting for a comp, you know, the starting job. Yeah. So, I think that the fact that Lamar reportedly doesn't have an agent, and it's just him and his mom visiting these places, or him and his mom having the conversations with other teams, scares teams. And as an agent, you'd expect him to have a sports agent involved who can have those conversations with other teams. So I think it's kind of odd. I think what he wants is guaranteed money because the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson that kind of money. Of course he wants So We saw that from the beginning. Yeah, when, that's fine. I saw that Deshaun contract. I'm like, there's no way. That 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 contract reset the market. Make no mistake. Of course it has. Uh, but at the end of the day... I saw that the Deshaun contract. I'm like, yeah, Lamar's getting more than that. Yeah, I don't... I don't I don't see the way you'd see it. I just see a situation where teams are not going to get much through him and his mom being in these meetings when it should be him and his agent with the other team's representatives yeah, to work out a deal. He hasn't met all so. of these. The, the, the thing that irks me is that he hasn't met with all of these teams. He's not a free agent. So he hasn't been given permission to talk to all of these teams. All of these teams, when the non-guarantee um, tag was announced, right? And the offer of two first-round picks came up yeah. uh, for that trade. Okay. All of those teams said no at the same time. Hmm. At the exact same time, all of those teams were like, no, nah, we back out. All the teams that weren't interested in him. Really, 
That is not collusion. Either that, or they're waiting for him to become a true free agent. Well, I, I just, I just see he's a choice now. Basically, it's up to him. He could go back to play with the Ravens, or hold I out. I honestly think that that Ravens relationship might start to become untenable soon because that coaching staff. Roman's gone. How long? How long does Harbaugh have left? Oh, who knows? And I just and management ownership. Do they want to give him what he wants? Uh, but by all accounts, no. Right now, no. Hmm. Ever? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I just don't know if he's really, really feeling it. All right. I really don't know if he's feeling it. We'll have and to just wait and see. Okay. If he's going to get his money somewhere, sure, surely he doesn't get his money somewhere. We'll have to wait. I just There's no other teams around to do it, though. Yeah. You look at the rosters... The only team that doesn't have a quarterback right now are the Jets. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's close shop on quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Your question to me. Which is the better hockey recipe? Connor McDavid reaching seventy goals or the Bruins reaching seventy wins? I'm I'm kind of thinking Connor McDavid getting seventy goals. I just think it's it would be something that hockey would take notice of. Um I'm not sure. I mean, again, it's I see it as a man doing one thing against a team doing, you know, a thing collectively, and that's how I see it. But I see it as a big deal. I, don't, I think the Bruins getting seventy wins is like not a huge. It's a big deal, but at this point they got fifty six wins, so they have to win the next fourteen out of fifteen games remaining in order for that to happen. I don't see that happening. I don't see so. I don't see it happening either. But if that were to happen, the NHL community would be on fire. Well, well, I, even more than Conor McDavid getting 70. Because we know what Conor McDavid can do. He is the best player in the game. He is, mm-hmm. without question, the best goal scorer uh, in a very long time. So, But if the Bruins were to get 70 wins, the NHL community would go wild. We haven't seen that good of a team since the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning. And what they do, flame out in the first round. Got so it's it, so in saying that it's a cautionary tale. It is because it doesn't matter about your regular season record. At the yeah. end of the day, it's going through the East, which is a long, not to hard men- road. Not to mention the Atlantic, right? They would most likely have to face the Leafs. Yes, and they've got their own demons they want to shed. Right. But, so, but in terms of in terms of the NHL community right now, uh, if we're looking at Edmonton right now, it's always been about Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Evander may, Kane, may, Evander Kane. Kane, maybe Zach Hyman, maybe, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other dudes. I mean, you've got Jack Campbell in net, but how long do you burn him out? Mm-hmm. But the Bruins look good, man. They look real, real, real good. And I suppose, especially, especially after adding pieces at the deadline. Yeah, I, I just suppose when it all, what it all boils down to is, no matter who gets to that mark first. It won't matter until you get the raising the cup over your head. Yeah. So is that going to be Connor McDavid and the rest of the Oilers, or is it going to be the Bruins? Because by all accounts, the Bruins have the best record. They're not going to flame out now, but the playoffs are a whole different beast. In a okay. short series, you don't play well. Suddenly, your you know your shots on goal don't work. And then you're then you're in trouble. And then it's over. I just I've seen a lot of concerning analytics surrounding the um, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I, I saw it last year. I saw it last year. They were being carried by, by Connor and Leon. And I saw the concerning analytics, and I see it again this year. Their Corsi doesn't look good. Mm. Their shots against, their danger shots against doesn't look good. So that's not going to work in the playoffs. 
and they didn't really do that much at the deadline because their cap situation's not that great because mm-hmm. they got a whole lot of dead cap tied up in that old Milan Lucic contract they got a mm-hmm. while back, a long while back. Yeah. So it's not looking too great for them. I don't know if Edmonton can go that far, especially in the West. Um, but but I think if the Bruins uh, stay the course and keep doing what they're doing, they have a legitimate shot at getting one last cup for Bergeron. Oh, we'll see. Okay, a uh, couple of things before we finish. Uh, passage for yeah. Willis Reed, uh, who passed away. The captain, uh, former captain of the two-time world champion New York Knicks, of course, um, made that great sort of return after hurting himself against the Lakers in the finals. Back in 73, he came back, was limping back into the court, uh, scored four points, but held held Chamberlain as hard as he could and, you know, was the focal point of that, you know, that Knicks franchise in the early 70s, coached the Knicks as well in the late 70s, was also connected with the Nets as a general manager. So he's had a lot of, he's been an NBA lifer and he just passed oh, yeah. away. Fant- a fantastic player in his day, a fantastic uh, executive a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. He's he's an NBA legend, NBA lifer, basketball lifer. Yes. And he's onto the pearly gates. There you go. And congratulations to Team Japan winning the World Baseball Classic. This has been with Shohei striking out Mike Trout. Trout. Whoever the script writers were, bravo. What a moment. That was a fantastic moment. This has been a fantastic World Baseball Classic. Um, I still am of the belief that you don't get rid of it. Um, it's a fantastic tournament. With so many fantastic players who actually decided to compete this time round, um, we had the star power. It showed why baseball is a world sport, and it showed even though there were injuries, even though Diaz went down, I still loved the World Baseball Classic. I loved watching it this year. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic, and let's do it again. All right, as we come to the end, big shout out to the Regent Sports Pub in Kingsford, who we've had the pleasure of. Uh, liaising with and we of course had the super bowl live stream big shout out to them if you're coming from tiktok welcome uh hurry up because i think tiktok's coming to an end uh so you know enjoy that and that's a whole nother discussion that's a whole other discussion and not on this show uh next week we will continue as we get closer to the hockey playoffs the nba playoffs. NBA play- by then we'll have a national championship champion in for the ncaa double double a Yep. Uh, baseball season will kick off very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to start in I think the first of April, starting yep. start of the season. And so stick around, and we will see you soon. See ya. Bye. <laughs>